what you're interested in or what you might enjoy if you don't try some of these things, like going out. And we are back with Something Gate, episode 36. I'd like to welcome you all back. Uh, joined again by my ever-awesome hero, Stephen Michael Barda. It's me. And today we are joined by Mama Claire. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> we just got back from Nashville. Give her a break. It's all good. And, of course, I am your uh, driver of the show, the uh, one that gets to drive my superhero uh, compatriot around. Jared Sampson. Yeah, it's called a chauffeur. Yeah, you know, whatever. Call it what you want. But uh, we are back, and uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been had the opportunity to record. We've had a lot of things going on lately. So uh, what's been new with you, Steve, man? What's going on? Oh, you know, just uh, making movies, making songs, and getting sunburned, putting up patios. <laughs> so how'd that go, man? Oh, it was fine. Um, a, lot of, a lot of tedious working, a lot of lifting, a lot of... Holding in place for, you know, 16-inch bolts and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> all in all, always happy to help a brother. That's awesome. Uh, what he's talking about is a uh, Steve helped our pledge brother Jeremy out by uh, putting up a gazebo with a couple of the other guys. And, Jeremy uh, of Jerem BD. Jerem DB. Did I say that? You said Jerem BD. Whatever. Jerem BDSM. <laughs> now that would be a fun segment. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what about you, Claire? What have you been up to lately? Uh, we went to Nashville. We did. Did you have fun? I had an awesome time. You had good company the entire time. I had great company the entire time. Oh, who'd you bring? Uh, Her Kindle. I, <laughs> my Kindle. I, I, I brought the Jared Samson. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a great house that we stayed at, uh, not far from downtown. Yep, six, $6.50 Uber to get downtown. Nice. With parking costing, costing $38 per 24-hour period. Oh. Yeah. So the uh, Uber from the house was the way to go. I dro- I, I parked downtown most of the time because I didn't know if I was going to buy anything. Mm-hmm. So we we Ubered down there one night, and I you know if I would have if I were to go back, I'd probably do it a lot more because I know what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. But kind of not knowing what we were going to do, it made it easier to just kind of pick up and leave. You know, which was nice. We had a lot of really good food. Yep, a oh, lot man. of really good food. Uh, good barbecue. Good barbecue. Good music. Good music. Uh, and then I went to Anaheim for our conference. How was that? Boring. Nice. What'd you do at night in Anaheim? <laughs> I played WoW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were a lot of carbs involved because that's all they served. It was really like complimentary Connell breakfast, complimentary coffee break in the morning and the afternoon, and it was entirely carbs. Yeah. Entirely carbs. Um, and it wasn't entirely boring. I had some really good content. That's good. But... It was a lot of like sitting around listening to people talk to themselves. So there was that, and I make friends a lot. Uh-huh. Like I'm very easy at making friends. I'm sure y'all are shocked, but like I can't go to the grocery store without somebody striking a conversation. So it was really weird to be in a situation where like people were very not wanting to talk to people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I of a conf- a conference with like you know 1,500 people to have so many people. Like, I usually make eye contact. Like, I'm, like, let's talk in the food line person. That's how I meet mm-hmm. people. But, like, I go to get in line, and, like, people just, like, turn away. Like, people did not want to network, even though that was supposedly <laughs> one of the things there. 
So I did not meet the number of people I was expecting to. So it was really strange for someone that normally, like I said, meets people at the grocery store. You know, I, it doesn't matter where I go. People ask if I work there just because I seemed approachable or I something. I think I wear a sign that says, please talk to me. But It's called cleavage. It's called cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But either way, it was still fun to get away and do a little trip. Good. And I had fun with the kids while you were gone, so it was awesome. I'd never been anywhere by myself like that before. I'd never been on a plane by myself. I've always been with someone, so that was kind of like new territory. And then you were alone in California and played World of Warcraft. <laughs> yep. <laughs> True story, bro. Yeah, that game's not addictive at all. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, what else was I going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Go to L.A.? But I was, and, and this was a thing about being a chick in a city. I oh, yeah, know. I mean, no, I, that's completely... No, but that was my thought process behind it was like, I don't know where I'm going... You know, like, the battery in my phone lasts pretty long. What happens if I get to an area that doesn't have service very well or I'm not picking up a signal? I don't know where I'm at. No one knows where I'm going. Right. Like, it could be so easy to, like, wind up in the wrong place not knowing as much. Mm -hmm. So, I wound up, um, I did walk around a little bit. Yeah. I found my way to CVS Pharmacy for snacks. (laughs) Snacks are important. But for a place that was a convention center, Anaheim Convention Center is huge, and all these hotels around... There really wasn't that much there. No, I could have gone to Disneyland. Like, you could go to Disneyland or the hotels. There wasn't, like... Right. Like, the nearest Target was four miles away. Gotcha. That gives you an idea. So. All right. Um, with me, things have just been kind of same old, same old. You know, I had the two weeks of vacation in Nashville, watched kids while you were gone, got promoted. Don't talk about work, but, you know, got my promotion and everything, which is awesome. I uh, got a vasectomy. Got my, got my balls cut. It's awesome. Um, went well, so shout out to Adventurology for not destroying my nether regions. Thank and what happened much. when you got, when you went for your vasectomy? Got a t-shirt. You got a t-shirt. t-shirt's awesome. I'll, po- I'll post it up on the uh, Something Gate page. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty proud of it. Are I wear it proudly. Are you going to share what your, your shirt says? Oh, it says uh, 100% juice, no seeds. <laughs> it's got a picture of an orange, uh, orange slice on it. It's pretty awesome. All right, so um, I've got actually, I had some time today and I was actually prepare, able to prepare some stuff for this show. So, as normal, we're going to have most all of our segments today, but um, I kind of wanted, I don't really have a spot for some of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, with Nick Prohl, uh, you're going to get a disease being off in Germany right now on business. I kind of miss my, uh, my political talk. So, I've got a couple political topics that I want to talk about. Ooh, do I get to be Luke? Uh, you can be. Yes. So, uh, so, jumping right into it. So, I was... Uh, like I've said before on the show, and I want to give you know credit where credit's due, I get a lot of the stuff that I look at from FARC.com. That's F-A-R-K.com. There's a lot of news articles there. They're categorized to make it easy to read, and so you can pick if you want to read something funny or ridiculous or scary or gross. You know, it, It's a really good filter for what you want to read. But I ran across an article um, from the Tennessean, and I figured... Being from Nashville, you know, just going to Nashville kind of applies. So, Nashville jurors' objection on race leads to a new trial. So, this is, like I said, from the Tennessee, which is part of the USA Today network. So, this juror stood up and told the judge he did not think it was right for two black men to face a jury with no black members on it. And the judge immediately dismissed the entire jury. Yeah. Okay. So, the juror's words were a criminal court. Judge Cheryl Blackburn earlier this month confirmed by attorneys and other present in the courtroom led to the delay of a trial and brought Nashville into a growing national discussion about the diversity of juries. So, as it stands right now, 
there was there's precedent in this from 1986. So I'm just going to kind of read this. I'm kind of, sorry I'm reading it verbatim, but it, it applies. So the action allowed a day of jury selection in which defense lawyers accused prosecutors of eliminating potential jurors because of their race, a claim the state denied. Under the precedent set by the U.S. Supreme Court, attorneys cannot excuse potential jurors only because of their race. The formative 1986 case also said people accused of crimes do not have a right to a jury with members of the defendant's own race. But some questions whether it is a true jury of peers if a person's race is not represented. So, sorry, but some question whether it's a true jury of peers if a person's race is not represented. And that's what kind of sparked my thought process today. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, like, like this says, the court ruling from 86 and the, pre- the precedent set that you can't dismiss jury members just because of the race, but a defendant does not have a right to a jury or does not have a right to have members of their own race on the jury. Okay. Um, and part of the jury selection process is that um, you can, lawyers can strike jury members for, for whatever reason they want to. For some, there are some, uh, there are some situations where they can just strike jury members. And it's, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to here. <clears throat> like, well, I just went through this process yeah, because I was I, I was called to jury duty um, about two months ago uh-huh. down in uh, wonderful Cook County. Nice. So I got to go to the Cité and <laughs> do my civic duty. In the cold. Yeah, more or less, California. <clears throat> oh, that's fun. So you know the. The jury is supposed to be made up of, you know, of, of the peers of the accused. Right. So the, my block of jurors consisted of about 30 people, give or take, of which they were going to choose 13 primary jurors and like three or four alternates. And there's a, a well, let's just call it a vetting process. Yeah. of how to determine which uh, jurors there were. So when our group got called, we went to the to the courtroom, and they called you know 13 people by lot, and they all sat in the room, and the judge started asking them questions. Have you ever been convicted of such a crime? Have you ever been a victim of the same type of crime that the accused is being there? The intent is to select an impartial jury, and so... This particular case that I potentially could have been a part of was a home invasion. Mm-hmm. So if you've been a victim of a home invasion in the past, they don't want that to color your opinion of the accused. Mm-hmm. So they will dismiss you. They don't want you to project, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they don't want you to um, have any preconceived notions about the case based on your own experience. So they'll dismiss people uh, for reasons like that. Right. Well, and um, sometimes, too, sometimes it's people's, I know, too, it can be people that are way too one wing, one way or another, you mm-hmm. know, like, sometimes, like, you know, the, the pe- if people have a political agenda and make it very clear, sometimes people can be dismissed for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, this jury wasn't dismissed because there wasn't someone on the jury that wasn't that ethnicity. They were dismissed because... A juror yes. stood up and said that, and now and he's compromised well, the entire jury pool. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's so. I don't. I'm not trying to bury the lead yeah. on this because, like, I feel that the story. Once I read it, yeah. the reason that the, the reason that the uh, judge dismissed the jury was not because they stood up and said this. Okay, 
but because the specific instruction that the that the judge gave the jury mm-hmm. was they were not to discuss the case until the case until the court case started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The jury was selected. The jury was given lunch, and then they started talking about this. This person brought up like there's nobody on this. Oh, in yeah. this jury, so they started discussing the case prior to. Yeah. So when that person stood up and said it, the jury, the judge is yeah. like, "I told you not to discuss it. We got to go again." It's it is so, perfectly, yeah, completely, so compro- completely compromised the integrity of the jury. Right. So it's like it's it's the same means to an end. So um, and this 1986 case laid out several things. Okay, but the three bullet points that this article brings up is it says so the lawyers cannot strike or remove a person from a jury jury only because of their race. Right. A defendant is not entitled to a jury completely or partially composed of people of the defendant's own race. It said if there is a concern a lawyer on either side is discriminating during jury selection, they have to provide reasons why a person was removed. So, again, this case doesn't fall under that. It's like kind of all circumstantial, how it all falls out. Mm -hmm. But it makes me, it really kind of made me want to ask you guys, do you think that's right? This 1986 Supreme Court ruling, do you feel that a person of any race, white, black, Asian, Mexican, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, has, should have members of their own race on that, on that jury. Do you, do we feel, um, how do you feel? Do you feel like the 86 Supreme Court ruling got it right? Um, I do, because I believe when you're trying to make a decision based off of, again, going back to the, the jury of your peers is that you know you have more in common with people of your socioeconomic status than you do of the color of their skin like i've got more in common with middle class black and hispanic people than i do with affluent white people Mm -hmm. and that's always going to be the way it is and if we're going toward moving in the direction of being colorblind you have to have it that exactly. way mm-hmm. okay. because the second you say you know oh, there's a black defendant so we need at least one black juror you're compromising the integrity of the jury selection process because the one black candidate that you have in that pool might suck out loud or for some reason be uh, ineligible to be a juror and you you can't just pick them again mm-hmm. because solely based on the color of their skin and if you have that caveat in there where, you know, uh, uh, an African-American or a Mexican-American or an Asian-American or however you want to put it requires that same race to be in the jury, you're hamstringing an already slow system. Right. Well, and I think, too, I think it, the, I agree with the 1986 ruling. It sets precedence in so many other ways, too, because what's to stop someone on trial for whatever reason than claiming because they don't have someone with their exact situation that now, you know, like, you're, you're talking about... You're, Declare a mistrial of something. It's a Pandora's around. box because, yeah. oh, I'm disabled. There wasn't a disabled person on there. I'm female. There wasn't a female. That, so, see, that's where know, I... That, that was, that, see, you're, you're jumping ahead because that's right where I was going to go. It's yeah. Because like, I, I feel, too, that the, that the Supreme Court ruling is correct. Because um, it doesn't say you have to have an all-white jury. That's not what it says. You right. Know? If it had said that, I could understand well, it, where you it, disagree. It does. You're not entitled, you're not entitled to, to it. Because you want the best people. Yeah, it could right. happen. It could happen. Right. But it's not your right. It's well, not your they, right. They, I think the court case got it correctly because they covered the... I think the Supreme Court did it correct because they said, look, you can't strike or remove somebody only because of the race. Correct. And you, Mr. or Miss Defendant, do not have a right to have a person of your race on there. It may happen. It may not. Because I think, just like you said, it, you go down the Pandora, you open up Pandora's box. So now, I wanted to take it that next step, right? So now, does a woman have to have a woman on the jury? If, mm-hmm. you know, 
okay, well, if that's the case, now we have a transgender person on the stand. Do they have to have a transgender person? And, you know, where does it where does it end? I think... Well, and if someone that's had home invasion is biased, then wouldn't someone of the same exact situation as that person also be biased? So, like, you, you can't have it both yeah. ways. You yes. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I... Yeah. Sorry, Jared. Didn't mean to... So sorry to interrupt. No, you're not. I do it all the time. <laughs> I know. Hence why I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lies. All right, so yeah, I mean, it, I just thought it was cool. I mean, it's interesting for sure. The the Fark Fark always does a fun way of like rewording the headlines and stuff to make it really pique your interest. This one kind of grabbed my interest, and then it made I like actually this one I thought it was gonna be like a quick little blurb, and it ended up being like a few page <laughs> article. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on it mm-hmm. because I think the way that the country's going, this I don't think this is the last time this is going to come back up for review. Like, and not that not that's under review or anything, but like. I can see people trying to challenge this at some point in the near future. You, the only time I think you can really challenge is, is if you see a pattern where a judge, for example, or some, or uh, a district attorney or something along, you start seeing jury stacking, which is a thing. A lot of times it's jury stacking, you know, more in their favor or people that are, are biased getting on juries well, when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's grounds for dismissal. That's something mm-hmm. for that. But just because there wasn't someone of your exact ethnicity, that's that's a big... Those are two different things, you know? Mm-hmm. That's And if, if, for example, you were to find that someone was doing something like jury stacking or whatever, you get a mistrial for that, not because of the race card. You don't need that law mm-hmm. to still keep our judicial system effective. Right, and, you know... Even a even like a, a green public defender is going to call something. Like it's pretty obvious when that kind of stuff is happening, and both counsels and the judge have a hand in selecting the jury. So right, because because the, the judge is the one asking the question. Well, did Correct. they have a makeup of the uh, jury? No, did they have a breakdown because no. it could have been that the jury because there's twelve people, right? You know. Mm-hmm. You've got two white, two Indian, two well, it, Hispanic. I, I closed. I closed the article. You know. I closed the article, but it did. It did de- detail why the member, why the black, why the people that were dismissed from the jury were from why, the jury selection process. Why, why the black were, people that were dismissed? Not, not, not only black, but why everybody all, was. All the people were yeah, dismissed. Yeah, so like they were, and they were all dismissed for reasons like people being uncooperative, having a bias. Son was arrested. Uh, the black one of the black guys on the jury selection team. I mean, the jury. Part of the jury selection process refused to speak English. Said he couldn't speak English in English. So it was be, again being uncooperative. So yeah. you know it's just like okay, well, yeah. It's, <laughs> unfortunately, jury duty is seen as such a negative thing. Like even when I was in there, the judges like. Uh, Okay, you lucky people get to go home. I mean, you unlucky people who don't get to do your civic duty, you get to get paid and go home, and everybody <laughs> else shall report back here at 11 a.m. And it's like, like you get it, but also, isn't that such a terrible thing? Like, yeah. To, to not want to be part of the judicial process because, you know, you get that whole 25 bucks for the day. Right. And, well, great, because I just lost, you know, so much for not being at work today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the inconvenience of going to the courthouse and, and hearing the, the arguments, and, you know, you, you lose track of the fact that you're responsible for somebody's life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, 
in a in a good way or bad way. And I did serve on a jury years and years ago. We were still in college at the time. This was right after we pledged. Okay. Um, that I served on a on a jury for uh, an alleged assault, and it was it was pretty nerve wracking when we had to to uh, deliberate because you've got to weigh that consequence on you, and it's it's not something that should be taken lightly. But there are, you know, the Polly Shores of the world who are... I was look, totally just thinking about that. Get out of my head, Steve. <laughs> looking at, uh, you know, either milking the system for what they can or doing whatever it takes to get out of it. Like, there was a, a juror, a potential juror in our lot who had knee problems. So when they called her up to go and, and sit and take questions, made a big show of how much her knee hurt after sitting all day in the oh jury selection gosh. room. And, oh, I'm, I'm coming, Your Honor, don't worry, I just got this bad knee. And I was like, you were limping on the other knee before. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's terribly hilarious. I, I don't know how to really describe it. And you know it's it's just a just a strange strange process the the way that it's evolved, uh, you know, over the years with the judicial process. Gotcha. It's funny that you've been called twice. You've been called more than that. Oh, I've been called lots of times. Yeah, this was really? just the most recent. Um... Have you ever been called? Nope. Yes, think, you, oh, you did once when you were in turnaround. Remember, you got a summons, but you you were able oh, yeah, to get away. Right. You were I, able to like turn in the slip. Like, no, I can't come. I right. think it also might have to do with the fact that you know I, I lived at home, and then I lived at Lewis, and then I lived in Joliet. Oh, the change of address in the other part of Joliet. So every time you change your address, I think you go back into the pool. Gotcha. And you know, you can only deny jury duty if you served on a jury in you know a year's time. Right. So. I think that had to do with it. I haven't been called for a couple of years before this time, but I've been called several times since mm-hmm. becoming a, you know, registered uh, driver's license and voter. So I've gotcha. never, <laughs> never been called before. Um, and you or Jared was called once, but there's something on there that, that you can get that you can get out of it. But you have if to he be. Was, yeah, if he was working overnights or something, mm-hmm. they're not going to be like, "Well, report to the courtroom at 9 well, a.m. when you get off shift." Well, right. You, ha- you have to be. You have to. You have to. We're not talking about work. Huh? We're not talking about work. No, no, but it wasn't that. It was like he just had to. You had to be important to your job. Pro- it had to be like Correct. someone couldn't yeah, fill critical. in for him, and Jared was critical right. at the time. Luckily, he was critical. So right. So that moves me to my next topic. So, we've had a lot of conversation in the recent sociopolitical atmosphere about transgender bathroom usage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do either of you have a base opinion on that? For it, against it, do you care? Does it even affect I th- you? I think people have too much fucking time on their hands is what I think. How... Wh- how is this I'm, even I'm, an I'm, issue? Because I'm, I'm just looking for like your initial. Because I because I have a story regarding. I, I'm just kind of curious as to I, what you're. I don't care. I've lived down the block from Target for the last 14 years. I've used a Target bathroom once. Don't give a fuck. I think a lot of it has to do. Like honestly, I just not a lot of it has to do with I. The, you know, I've been in the bathroom before where I thought I walked into the men's because this chick looked like a dude seriously, and then she informed me she was, in fact, female. I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't walk around with a mustache. Um, <laughs> and I was just trying to be polite. 
By telling her she shouldn't have a mustache? No, I thought that. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I felt bad, but, like, she was wearing a big, huge... We were at, uh, like, the brewery place up in, uh, fuck, Rock Bottom. And I'd oh, gone in to nice. use the bathroom and walking this chick has, like, big Jenko, like, jorts on. Huge t-shirt, backwards ball cap, and a mustache. I thought I walked into the men's bathroom. I wasn't, like, trying to be a dick. But I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was being rude. And then she got offended. And I'm like, well, well you have a mustache. Very visible. <laughs> and and look like a dude. And it wasn't like I was trying to be biased or anything. I thought I was being rude to someone else. However, at the same time, like, I'd fi- just make them all co-ed. Or have better lockable stalls. That's honestly that would fix everything. Mm-hmm. Like make taller stalls and get rid of urinals. And the other one is too, if if I were transgender, if I were gonna become a dude and I wanted to use the men's bathroom and I dressed and identified as a dude, how would anyone know if I just walked into a stall? Exactly. If I was a dude dressed as a woman like, and just like, walked into it, who's I gu- gonna? Say I guarantee anything? you, you've been using the bathroom with transgender people for I'm a sure lot longer than you fucking realize. Absolutely. It's just, Again, we go back Maybe to the fact that everybody's got a fucking is. soapbox, and everybody has the ability to say what they want, <coughs> like a podcast. And, <laughs> you know, listen to me. Everybody's going to take advantage of that, but I just I wish people wouldn't be so fucking stupid. Like, so speaking of stupid, Steve, what's our favorite stupid state? Indiana. Nope. A little bit south from there. Oh, our favorite stupid state is Florida. <laughs> I was confused. So, for a Steve, I'm like, how did you get this question wrong? So, Steve, you you brought you brought up Target a bit earlier. I did. Uh, and why did you bring I, up Target, Steve? I assumed that's where you were going, even though you didn't prep me for the show. So why why would I bring up Target? Because they've been all over the news as making their uh, gender neutral bathroom decision recently has resulted in so much outrage. Yep. Roar. So this says that retail giant Target has long been. This is from MediaLite.com. Um, and retail giant Target has long been a target of conservative culture warriors. And with recent controversy over transgender bathrooms, they're at it again. Last week, Target announced an inclusive restroom policy, and on Friday, a Florida man named Andy Park did something. Oh, great. At a Florida store. Did he camp out, you know, for Black Friday? In St. Petersburg. Steve, you don't even have your hat? You don't even of have course your I have my hat. You got your pipe? Yes. That's good. So, Steve, if you're a Florida man trying to stick it to Target, what would you do? Uh, boycott them. Mm, nope, not quite. You want to really, you want to get them, get them in trouble on social fire. media. What would you? Uh, I would claim that they discriminated against me. Ah, you're down the right path, and how would you get how would you get proof of that, Steve? Uh, walk around with my selfie stick. Ooh, close! What goes on the end of a selfie stick? Cell phone. Ah, uh, no GoPro. That's not what it. A selfie stick is for a camera. Whatever. GoPros have their own tripod systems. Whatever. So and various backpack mounts. It's Florida. Exactly. So you probably just duct taped. It's it. probably duct taped to his head. So Steve. <laughs> So last, uh, so Florida man named Andy Park made a hidden camera recording at a Target store in St. Petersburg in which he asked a man identified as an AP guy, asset protection, if he can use the ladies' room because that's where he, quote-unquote, feels comfortable. And what did the staffer tell him? Go fuck himself? No. Go ahead. Okay. So this Florida guy is trying to catch the people at Target discriminating against transgender. But they have a corporate policy to not to. So the AP understand what they're trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, I feel comfortable peeing in the women's room. He's like, 
Go ahead. And if there's any, if there's, if the women have any problems, he says, quote unquote, they can come and we'll speak to that. We'll, we'll deal with it, you know? So this blows up. Okay. Target has since like put out a couple responses to this article. Okay. Let me, let me guess. The guy filmed in the bathroom too. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. No, not at all. Okay. That was my next guess. It's also, you know, not ideal to use a GoPro as a hidden camera because while they are... Well, I don't know if it was... I'm sorry. I, I missed one. I don't, think, I don't think it was a GoPro. He oh. just said a hidden camera. Oh, okay. So, in the responses, so so this media outlet got a hold of Target and they actually responded. And they said, thanks for reaching out. We certainly respect that there are a wide variety of perspectives and opinions. As a company that firmly stands behind what it means to offer our team an inclusive place to work and our guests an inclusive place to shop... We continue to believe that this is the right thing for Target. So I just think it's funny that somebody's like trying to like you know it's like people people want to people want to like he's gonna they want to bait him and they for whatever fifteen minutes of fame or just to be a jackass or and whatever. It I is. just love was it. it. Was I love this, it because this guy's trying to set this person up. And he's like, walk, oh, go did ahead. This guy walk in totally as a dude, like totally like he he didn't walk in in like a skirt or he walked in like a dude, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I, I'm gonna applaud right now to that employee who um, followed through on the company's training um, for someone that also has worked in multiple retail outlets. That is not always easy to do corporate-wide to get that down. And, you know, it's very possible based on the attitude of the person, both both the employee and the customer, for that same situation to have gone very differently if he'd been like... Especially if he was being very trying to bait that person. I could very much see the AP person being like, you know, your attitude makes me think like you should just leave. And, and this is, Which very could easily happen. Yeah. And this is the funny part about it. So this Florida guy that is trying to hoist them on their own petard, you know. Yeah. So he takes the video and still posts it. I have the video here. <laughs> so what he ends up doing. Watch his target supports their own policy. So what he's, so what his big gripe is, is that he ends up saying that. So when the guy goes, you know, if there's any women have a problem with it, that we will we'll speak to them about yeah. it. Is trying to say that. This guy is discriminating against women because they need to be talked to. So he's he's like, well, shit, I didn't get that one. Let me see if I can kick this hornet's yeah, nest. So it's like, what? I come the, on, man. I didn't man. get the response that I want, so now I have to twist yeah. it. Twist it to, around. Yeah, Gerard's con- so Gerard, who's the employee, Gerard's comments are being characterized as an indication that any woman who complained in that situation would be spoken to. But the video doesn't actually show how he such said, a complaint would be handled. William Stafford even, would speak to that. He didn't even say that they would be spoken to. So no. He said, speak we'll to speak that. to the policy. He said, we'll speak to that. Yeah. Not to them. To, to that. that. Right. Yeah. There's a guy in the decision. bathroom. We understand that's the case. He identifies as female and prefers to use the women's restroom. That's all the employee would have said to and him. And probably, that's how he would have spoken to He probably to would him. have pissed in the sink is what he probably would have done. I'm in the women's room. Yeah. Oh my god, this just I'm gonna pee on the seats. <laughs> well, and actually, our target has a transgender human of sorts. I don't know if the the person at one point was male. I don't well, know if they're transitioning. I, just, I don't know if they're just a cross dresser. I'm well, not sure. But um, worked, that person's been there for a long time like, probably what, two, three years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good two, three years. And not like the, the person, this person's style, like, um, once again, I'm sorry. I don't know if he identifies as he or she, um, but has it's a person. It's a person. I know, but I was trying to explain. I know. Okay, we'll, we'll call. So explain. Okay, uh, but short red hair, but wears a lot of makeup, like lipstick, like definitely full done face, like almost drag style for lack of a better right. term, but is super kind and friendly. 
is there, like, in the middle of the day. It's not like this person's on night shift or anything. It's not like they're trying to hide this person. I actually think the person's probably, like, a shift super. Mm-hmm. You know, super friendly and great, but, you know, it's... Obviously, this is something that's been going on Target for a while, or at least that store doesn't seem to care. And this is someone that you could very easily walk in and be like, hello? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Good, there's there's two things that go on. Yeah. One, good help is hard to find. It so is. Even in a retail, um, a big box retail environment like Target, they're going to keep a good employee. And if they're striving from a corporate level to be inclusive to their employees and their customers, more power to them. That's great. I don't, like, even when I worked at the sporting goods store in Lombard, you know, we had a family bathroom. Like, it's yeah. not that difficult of a concept. Either make them all unisex get rid of all of them or do this you know it's pick a path and go with it i don't understand why this is such a big fucking deal oh there was some there was a place recently that had put up um uh it had gone viral recently same thing where a, a store a restaurant had posted that their bathrooms were now they had like two closed door things or mm-hmm. but they had posted that their bathroom was all their bathrooms were unisex because it had literally had nothing to do with transgender. It was like because there's dads with small daughters, there's moms with small sons, there's there's parents that are taking care of their there's adults who are taking care of elderly parents. There are people that have handicapped or disabled people. It's yeah. like we have to. That's part of the thing. We're using transgender as a thing, but it's such a small thing in comparison to the number of people that like. When we're at a crowded movie theater, I don't want to let my eight-year-old son go into a men's bathroom by himself while I take our daughter into another bathroom. I don't know if he's going to come out and be like, oh, mom must have left and walked away, even though he doesn't. Like, it's just so easy for us to get separated. Sure. That The fact that there's family bathrooms make me feel a lot better. Yeah, and I I feel the same way with my nephew. Not so much Jacob anymore because he's 10, but, you know, Zach has, for lack of a better term, social anxiety. And, you know, he doesn't like to, to be alone in places and, um, you know, gets gets upset, like, if we play, like, hide-and-seek or something like that. Uh-huh. And he can't find you and he thinks he's alone, he gets, like, tense uh-huh. and, and doesn't like that. So, no, I'm not going to let him use the bathroom alone. And, obviously, it's not a big deal because he's my nephew and we're both guys. But, you know, if my sister-in-law was out with him, I don't know what they do. Mm-hmm. But at this I, I don't see the, the family bathroom as being, knowing what I know about like plumbing and stuff like that, it's not really fucking hard to design one if it's that big of a goddamn deal. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all, that's kind of what I figured. I mean, it's kind of what I figured you guys were going to say about it. I just, it's just, uh, just kind of popped up and something I kind of wanted to discuss. So yeah, they can cool. do bathrooms like they have in Midway. That, the fact that it was a guy from Florida that tried yeah. to pull us off just made it even, I was like, yeah. that, that. Midway has stalls in the women's bathrooms at least that are like floor to ceiling. Like you yeah. walk it, like you know what I'm saying. You wouldn't see anything going on behind the stall. Sure, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with. Here's that. what you do. I, Here's I what would you do. Really, kick, kick down the wall that has urinals on it. Yeah, and make it all the same big bathroom. Make, and it, make it all stalls. I would like to see. Um, I would like to actually see the statistical reports of you know violence in you know bathrooms because that's everyone wants to stand on this you know this fear culture of oh somebody's gonna. You know, someone's gonna, a guy's gonna use this as a pretext to go into the women's room and be a fucking creep. Again, we've discussed many times in private about how criminals don't obey the law. I'm on, I'm totally on board right. with this. If some, if the criminal's going to be a criminal, they're gonna be a criminal. If someone's gonna stalk the women's, why wouldn't they 
dress up to do that or go incognito. It's just one of those things where I think if you're going to, if someone's going to, if someone wants to hurt you, they're going to hurt you. They're not going to let something like a women's bathroom uh, come. Sir, you're not supposed to be in the women's bathroom. Well, guess what? One, those probably aren't even fucking monitored. I guarantee you that there's probably a camera going into the hallway, but there's not one that watches the door. I promise you that. There's certainly not one inside. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, So it's just, it's such a, it's such a knee-jerk kind of lip service thing Mm -hmm. that I, that's probably why I don't pay it its quote-unquote due attention Mm -hmm. because... It just seems like, um, hey, transgender's a really big thing. We at Target are inclusive. And okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Did but you I did. Okay. Um, but this is, of course, uh, speaking from white male privilege. I, I don't have to worry about these things. Right. And I can't really identify with those who do. Um, so, Jared, now that you're transgender with the removal of your testicles, how do you feel about the subject? <laughs> he still has his testicles. I still have my testicles. I'm just missing a couple pieces of as different. Um, personally, I I really don't care. Um, I've never had a problem with cross-using bathrooms. It doesn't bother me. Um, I would feel much better about letting my daughter, like, especially my daughter is getting the age to where, like, as of right now with her age, I don't have a problem taking her into the bathroom stall, mm-hmm. you know, in the men's room. But as she gets a little bit older, I still want to keep an eye on her, you know, so it just, I, I don't know, it, it really doesn't bother me. Sure. I and do. and I would rather I would rather live in an overly inclusive society than a society that excludes. You know, I mean, yeah, people get butt hurt and people get sensitive about things, and there's an overly sensitive culture. Luke, you know, Luke brings it up a lot, and I, I tend to agree with him a lot that people just are so fucking sensitive nowadays. For somebody that's it so gets, Republican, I agree with him a lot. <laughs> it's so you know, it, it's extreme. It can be frustrating when you just when it's just you just go, why do you? fucking care you know but why is this why is this an issue you know but at the same time i would rather i would rather yeah err on this side than the way it was in the if any of our listeners are indeed you know transgender or no transgender or you know crossdressers or summer and you know your uh makeup artistry and everything all your contacts i would love to have the conversation because i'll learn something I, I don't understand what it feels like to be in that situation. Closest right. I come is, you know, it's summertime and people walk around with their shirts off. I would love to walk around with my shirt off. I get hot very quickly. But guess what? I don't because nobody wants to see that. <laughs> so, you know, am I going to cry and whine? Oh, people are excluding me because I'm overweight. No, it, I just put a shirt on and fucking deal with it. And <laughs> yeah, damn, I'm hot. <laughs> No, I hear you, man. Whoops for life. <laughs> hey, there are people out there, but that's a thing. And it's a good thing. So, Everybody's beautiful. So well, so I will save my other sociopolitical thing for next time because it's it's more funny than anything, but it's uh it's just PETA related, so it'll it'll be fun for next time. Oh <laughs> I love PETA. It, it's semi Peter related, but it's not. But I, it's just going to be. Oh, we'll talk about it next time. Pitas are great. Like kudos to whoever invented pitas. They're like the perfect sandwich bread. <laughs> oh, Steve. What? You're funny. I know. I try. So, Steve, I kind of want to move us into one of our regular scheduled portions of our show called TWTW. All right. What is TWTW, Steve? Well, Jared, it's something that you can't measure. 
You won't find it on any scouting report or any stat card. It's the heart you've got to finish what you start. It's the will to win. That's right. This is the Something Gate Sports section of our show. And Steve, I wanted to bring up an article to you that I found also on FARC Today that made me actually laugh out loud at work. Adult high school basketball star who was arrested now claims he didn't know he is 29 years old. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't stutter. <laughs> That's a, a new one. Adult high school basketball star who was arrested now claims he didn't know he is 29 years old. So he was a basketball star in high school, or he's 29 and still in high school? That one. He was arrested and 29 years old playing high school basketball. Was he arrested because he's 29 and playing basketball? (laughs) So here's the whole story. Actually, this wasn't off FARC. This was on Facebook. It came across Up Rocks. So (laughs) in a story that made rounds last week, a star high school basketball player in Windsor, Ontario, was arrested after it was discovered that he was actually a 29-year-old posing as a teenager. Now, that player is saying that even he was in the dark about his true age. Jonathan Nicola came to Canada on a student visa after fleeing the war-torn South Sudan late last year and immediately became a basketball star at Catholic Catholic Central High School thanks to his size, athleticism, and skill set. The 6'9 big man, literally, was living at the home of the school's basketball coach for around six months before his real age was discovered when his fingerprints matched a previously failed visa application under the same name. That's why he was arrested. So after being arrested for violating the Immigration Refugee Protection Act, Nicola is claiming that he wasn't lying about his age. He just didn't know how old he really was because his mother kept telling him different ages. Plausible. (laughs) Nicola's passport and visa listed his birthday as November 25th, 1998, but authorities gave his date of birth listed as November 1st, 1986 on the other visa that he applied for. Uh Aha. Gotcha. At his, at but he a, didn't know. At a hearing this week, the 29-year-old said he only came to Canada with the hopes of getting a good education so that he could provide for his family back in Sudan. Family. He pleaded with officials. Father, family, wife, and kids. They don't go into okay. it, but he pleaded with officials to release him back to his home country for the sake of his family and mental health. But that request was denied because it was believed that he deliberately lied and forged documents to pursue a better life. And he has, a, he has a hearing set in May to uh, determine whether or not he's going to ask deported. All right. So, Steve, that to me, that seems like the will to win. Will? 29-year-old adult man dominating high school basketball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, could, I could almost see this as being plausible, honestly. Like, if, he, is he, if he's from Sudan, Sudan, correct? Sudan, yes. Okay. So, you know... Not unfeasible that you got other shit to worry about than the day on the calendar. Mm-hmm. So, also, if he's trying to get a visa, he might not be filling out that application. Yep. And it's very likely that the vetting process is more lenient on younger applicants than older ones. Sure. So... Honestly, I, I can imagine a scenario where where he is ignorant to his true age. Yeah. Now, the fact that he's 
bigger, stronger, faster, tougher than the rest of them Canadians. He's six foot nine, two hundred and two pounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh, why am I so much better at this than everybody? Because he has the will to win, Steve. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, I. I think it's half tragic, half hilarious, to be honest with you, because assume if he knows he's twenty nine, then he's a fucktard, obviously. But I, I could honestly, I could see that being completely legit. Yeah, and the uh, the Canada Border Services and the school are just being tight lipped about this because, like, this all kind of like this yeah. has been just like a this thing is like an onion that's just coming apart at different layers and stuff. So that kind of sparked a thought in my mind. So this guy is 29 years old. You know, whether or not it's legit, if he actually knew or not, it just kind of made me think of something, right? So what are the things, sports-wise, that you did back when you were younger that you wish you could have had, like, an adult body to go back and do? Like, or, like, having more experience or more skill? Like, you know, what would you go back and do? Date. And then it's, date? <laughs> But, like, as much as you love baseball and everything, nothing, like, I mean, is baseball one of those things where, like, you you know, because I think as you get older, you learn more. Like, you, your skills may not get any better, but I think you learn more about the game, which makes you better at certain things. Here, Here's, the, like, me growing up and, and my love of specifically the White Sox comes from, you know, just, just the way that I was raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, growing up in Stickney, uh, you know, 40th place, just, you know... Little house, little yard, dad, mom, me, brother, dog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dad was a teacher, summers off, evenings off. Mom worked at Hallmark and was a waitress, so she's not there at night. So summer nights, backyard with dad and the Sox game on the radio. That was my childhood. Poor, poor elementary school. My gymnasium was about the size of your living room and kitchen. Oh, wow. Like, doing doing suicides on the basketball team, not that big a deal. <laughs> Got it, coach. Um, you know, uh, not a whole lot of Little League in the area. Not right. No peewee football teams, no soccer teams. Just a very small town with your your basic stuff. So I never had, you know, you know, I didn't grow up with a baseball in my hand or a basketball in my hand. I just, I was on the basketball team because it was the only thing to do in elementary school. Right. I mean, that was it. That was it. There was no music club. There was no chess club. There was, that's it. Right. So, you know, going into high school where all of a sudden you have, you know, going to LT and you have a baseball team and a volleyball team and a water polo team and a swimming team and a football team and a soccer team and there's all this stuff. Well, hey, are you interested in any of this stuff during orientation? Well, yeah. Are you any good at it? No. no. <laughs> so. Is there anything, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, is there anything like that if you had, you know, like everybody says, oh, you know, kind of like you said about dating. Oh, if I knew what I know now, I could go back and right. kill it. Um. You know, I would probably do more water sports because yeah. I, I did love being in the in the water, and I liked water polo Crazy. when we did it at uh, when we did that in in uh, gym class and things like that. So it would probably be something along those lines. Uh, maybe a little bit of track. You know, when mm-hmm. I was you know eighteen and, and starting to train for OCS, I actually would hit runners highs around two miles and and just go. Right. So I, it's it's hard to say because I was I was never exposed to anything enough. 
to to love it that I experienced as an adult and be like, oh yeah, this would have been fucking awesome back in the day. Yeah, because that's um, that's just the the way that I grew up. Right. So it's kind of a, a hard question for me to answer, which sure. is why we came out with the joke. <laughs> I'd have done swimming in cross country if it was available. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Because um, we didn't have anything in our rinky-dink little town. Just the basics. And we had problems there. Of You know, if you'd been there your entire life, you got to start even if you sucked. Right. <laughs> so, because... Um, ah, I don't want to start another soapbox. No, box. we're not going on a soapbox. So, I mean, you're answering your questions. We can move the thing along. Yeah, no. No, I just didn't. <laughs> I, what was the original question? The question is, is that what if you could, like, is there anything that you're like, oh, man, if I would have known more, or, like, if you could not, like, oh, go back and mm-hmm. do everything over again, but, like, knowing. So this is like, it's kind of like never been kissed, only you're not a reporter. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you were in the positions, like, where you looked like you were, you know, Look like you're 18 years old and a senior. Would you go back? I mean, what would you do yeah, besides, probably, besides yeah. you know, sports? Because this is the world win section. This, you know, is a sport. Like, there, I'm sure there's lots of things we'd have done, like interpersonal relationship wise. But I like, probably, I was talking like more sports. Like, is there anything yeah. you would have done? Well, I would have done those sports for sure. But I think I, I, Steve laughed at the dated more, but seriously, I would have dated more. I think I was. I let so many other people define that aspect of my life mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So like, I never tried because other people told me I wasn't worth it. Right. Um, which is funny because I tend to be a very confident person in so many other ways, but that's one area that still stems back from other people telling me uh, nobody would ever be interested. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a horrible place to be at. But I definitely would have done um, swimming and cross country for sure. Especially because in the middle of nowhere I was probably one of the best swimmers. Yeah. Because people didn't have pools because we lived in the sticks. But if they'd had swimming, like the nearest Y, people didn't travel to Y because they worked on farms. Mm-hmm. I'd have been a really good swimmer. But, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Cool. All right. So that kind of wraps up my will to win section. Uh, uh, you oh. got to answer the question too. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, um, I wish, not wish, but like I would have played, I would have played football. Um, I quit football my freshman year. Um, I played rugby my senior year, and the what? What? Football. But the aggression that I found my senior year, I wish I would have like found that part of my personality when I played freshman football. I was very soft when I played, like I didn't understand you know how to hit somebody else. Not like fisticuffs, but like in football, how to hit somebody else to not hurt yourself, and like I was surprised like when I get knocked down and hurt and stuff. So I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. It sucks. But when I played rugby, I loved it. Like I, I learned how to use aggression and not be not violently, but like how to perform. And I wish I would have done that. I think I, I think it would have been really. And I what I the position I tried to play when I was a freshman was a uh, I tried to I was uh, a center. But once I started conditioning, I dropped like thirty five pounds, and I was thin. I, I was yeah. much thinner than I than I thought. I can't I was imagine be. you being a center. <laughs> no, but I was, I was so I was too slow to be like I wasn't too slow to be anything else. I didn't want to work at getting faster because like I'm gonna be a lineman, blah blah blah. But like by the time I got to my senior year, I know I probably could have been a pretty decent linebacker, or tight end. I probably would have been a really good tight end, but. 
I just didn't want to work for it. So I wish I would have had the work ethic I have as an adult to put the determination and drive into it to do that. Because I think uh, I think would have had a lot of fun. Mm. That's about it for me, though. I, I like pretty much everything else. I play tennis. I like that. I wouldn't want to go back and do that. I enjoyed that. So we didn't have anything. We didn't even have tennis. Yeah. You guys would have to have those fancy rackets. We had a tennis court. <laughs> so that I was kind of like, I kind of was wrapping adulting into that, you know, like kind of, you know, adulting, mm-hmm. reminiscing and things like that. So I kind of wanted to touch on our white and nerdy subject for the night. You want to you wanna just gloss over baseball on TWTW? Oh, shit, I forgot about that. I actually wrote that down. I wrote that down and forgot to, uh, I forgot to uh, bring like that there's, up. So. There's some legitimate TWTW yeah, in Chicago right now, not yeah. on the ice yeah. hockey rink. Yeah, that's wah, a... Wah, wah. Wah. We don't need to take the first series seriously. Good job. <laughs> they started to a little too late. Yeah, well, you know, when you're down 3-1, to one, it's... Kind of hard. And what I tell you, when we got with Brendan, yep. you know what I'm going to get nervous? When they're down 3-1. <laughs> I got nervous. So, Steve, talk, talk about the baseball bit, man. Where are we at? Oh, man. The uh, Chicago White Sox, having concluded their sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays, are now 16-6 and on the season. Back-to-back series sweeps. With the best record in the American League, and I believe the lowest DRA as well. Yep, and actually the uh, most wins in baseball as of the end of today's game. Woo-hoo. But there's quite a few other games to be played today. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't really a game being on the East Coast. But uh, the and on the other side of town, the Chicago Cubs have the best winning percentage in baseball. They do because they have played two less games than we have. Yeah, they've played twenty. We've played twenty-two. Yep. The Sox have played twenty-two. But it's so much fun. Like I mean, especially after starting the starting the podcast last year, we were so stoked about baseball season. Yeah, and then wah, wah. and then. You know, the other show got to be happy, and we got to cry ourselves to sleep at night because that was a train wreck of a season. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I like the pickups. I like the new players, man. Yeah, I'm I'm very very pleased so far with this. And you know, you know, we're twenty two we're twenty two games in. This isn't coming hot off of spring training anymore. This is legitimate consistency. Yeah, and that's what I'm really excited about. You know, it's not like I was complaining about last year where everybody's sitting in the back of the dugout, looking at the floor, not being excited. These guys are up on the rails, cheering each other on. They seem to have gelled. Their outfield is killing it. The infield is killing it. The pitching is killing it. Chris Sale, 5-0. Exactly. And, you know, for... For a team that has a notoriously slow-starting offense, uh-huh. we're getting enough runs to get by. Like, our bats haven't even heated up yet, and right. we're stomping people. Right. I, the thing that I really like today, uh, we watched the Sox game, we watched the Toronto game, and the thing that I really liked about that game is that they were working that those pitchers. Exactly. They're, they're, not, are, they're not generally, they're not striking out. Three, you know, back, you know, you know the, the one, bat, two, three. The bats aren't hot, but they're having good at-bats. Right. And that's more important than the actual, you know, on-base percentages and things. I mean, Todd like Frazier worked that guy to a third. I mean, they, so the pitcher had already pitched 100 pitches, and then Todd Frazier worked him into a 13-pitch yeah. out. Exactly. And, and, and he got a base because he walked him. I mean, and got like, walked like, him. Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. There's no quit on this team. There is no lead that is safe, and they score late. Yeah. So they are taking advantage of tired starters and bullpens, and that is awesome. Yeah, I, I love the. I mean, 
you feel great if they hit in the early innings. Sure, but I, who who doesn't love giving their pitcher you know a five run lead in the third? But guess what? It's great to know that being down six to one in the seventh inning and coming back to win that game is legitimate possibility. Yep. So. Kudos to the White Sox and Chicago Cubs because uh, so far it's been a really a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I just I hope it stays that way. I, I'm really kind of excited because like Jose Abreu hasn't even started hitting yet. I mean, exactly. it's he has like Captain, a shitty OPS. Captain 184. You know, and I, I'm super <laughs> excited that they're doing such a good job after all of the uh, like negativity of la- end of the season last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm super excited to see them doing as good, and you know we knew the Cubs or the, we knew the Cubs were going to do pretty decently this year, um, but it's super exciting that the team that I choose to root for is doing awesome too. Yeah, you know there's there should be enough love in Chicago for both teams. So Absolutely. good job, guys. Keep it up. Yeah. So now I'll, I'll move on to the white and nerdy portion <laughs> of our show. And Steve, what is white and nerdy? White and nerdy is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> that's when that's when us white guys get to be nerdy. <laughs> So, what did we do yesterday, Steve? Uh, yesterday was 426, which is the new Alien Day in honor of LV-426, the planetoid where the first two movies take place, or rather where the first movie stops and the second movie takes place. Absolutely. So, uh, people have rallied around that date as kind of a, an unofficial time to celebrate uh, those sci-fi horror action classics. And we got together with our friends from Um That Just Happened, Adam and Rodney, and we had ourselves a mini-marathon. We did. I'm, I'm sorry, again, that the whole going to the north side didn't work out. That would have been fun. But It's cool. But we still, still made a night of it. Um, thanks for uh, Adam for hosting. It was a good time. And uh, Yeah, a little, uh, little remote from the FTC that uh, you may or may not be hearing soon. Yeah, you will. We what we did is kind of like what you're going to get a z- you're going to get a disease did on the Caddyshack episode, where they played Caddyshack and just you know Mystery Science Theater three thousand. They weren't you know goofing around on it and making fun of anything, but they you know had they you basically got to listen to them talk. What you were like a fly on a wall sure. while they watched the movie, you know. And for me, I haven't I haven't seen Alien in a long time, front to back. And uh, it was a lot of fun to sit and chit-chat with Rodney and Adam and you and just kind of record everything. Because I think there were a lot of cool little conversations and stuff that we did while we wa- that we had while we watched that movie. Yeah. Um, so is Aliens your favorite of the two? That's correct? Aliens is one of my favorite movies, period. Okay. And where does Alien fall into that? Alien you? is probably top 20. Okay, so it's not like you don't like Alien. No, no, I, I absolutely respect it as a film, um, but Aliens is just more my style of, of a movie. Um, Alien, I really have to be like, I want to watch Alien, and I'll pop it in. Aliens, right. especially uh, you know before Blu-ray took over everything, was on permanent rotation in my DVD player. Okay. Like, it was always in spot number one, because... Well, I gotta edit these photos, or I gotta do laundry, or I have to do homework, or whatever, and I want some background noise. Aliens. Yeah. I, I literally have seen that movie probably a hundred times. Wow, that's like, awesome. Literally could quote it front to back. Yeah, I know. I watched <laughs> you yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, absolutely one of my favorite movies, if not number one of all time. Wow, that's awesome. Claire, have you seen Alien and Aliens? Once. Both of them? Yeah. 
So not really your wheelhouse, huh? No, I just didn't have, in comparison to other things, no. Okay. Well, that's cool. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I was up way later than I should have been, but it was awesome. I think we left there at 1230. Yeah, thank you for driving, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. I ended up getting home and getting some pasta salad Claire wanted to murder me because I was apparently scraping my spoon in the bowl. Oh my god, it was so bad. And woke her up, so she hated me and wanted to punch me in my throat. And he was chewing. Like, the spoon hit the bowl and then hit its teeth. Oh my god. What, did you do, eat in bed? Yeah, absolutely. I was tired, <laughs> man, but I wasn't ready for bed. But I was super tired. Then I like... <laughs> then I had to wake up this morning early, and I had to shower, and I didn't want to wake up early, so I slept late. <laughs> it was just all bad. You did a good job. But it, was, but it was worth it. It was so worth it. It was a good time. Um, so we've got Mama Claire with us this week, and I kind of wanted to do a little Ask Mama Claire segment again. You know, you're gonna disease. You're gonna get a disease. Isn't here this week because Nick's in Germany. Yeah, both. So, you know, I don't know, maybe Luke and, maybe Luke and Jonah are going to record. I Probably not. I don't know who would set the show up. But, if, uh, if they don't, though, it's a prime opportunity for the uh, Dr. Luke Mama Clear crossover. I'm thinking it might be a good idea. That's a good idea. So, this is taken from another uh, advice column, but I wanted to ask Mama Claire. So, Mama Claire, I'm almost 33. My boyfriend of about eight years finally is ready to marry me. Great, right? This this is what I wanted. We broke up for almost a year because he did not want to commit, but we've been back together for about six months. He says he's ready for the whole shebang, house, marriage, kids. I'm getting older and I've been told medically that I have fertility issues, so the sooner the better for me to have a chance of having kids. I love him, enjoy his company, and have spent years with him. He doesn't mistreat me, but he isn't affectionate or compassionate. He won't say he loves me, and he can be selfish. He refuses to do anything he doesn't want to, including simple favors, or go anywhere he doesn't want to, like see my family or friends. I'm always the one who has to compromise. I don't know if I want to live the rest of my life without feeling loved or appreciated, or without any help. But I also worry I might have unrealistic expectations of what a real marriage is like. So when is it settling? Some friends and family are calling it that, and some are encouraging me to get married already. I'm scared that if I hold out hope for something that may or may not exist, I might throw away my chance to have a family. If only you could have recorded all of my facial expressions during this. <laughs> yeah, wow, uh, uh, first off, it's kind of fucked up, right? A little all over the map on that one. It's like it reminds me of when Homer Simpson's trying to get into the stone cutters. Why won't those stupid idiots let me in their crappy club of jerks? <laughs> first, if of only all, they'd accept me. First, of, yeah, no. Um, statistically speaking, your marriage is going to fail. Sorry, that's the case. If you are over twenty-five and have dated someone for longer than two years and get married, you're statistically inclined to end a divorce. Um, and that's dating before engagement, two years. If you're date, So there's a sweet spot for, like, success. This is just statistics. Sweet spots for success is you need to be engaged mm-hmm. within two years and married within two years after that. So four years of being together before marriage, if two of those include being engaged. Once you start crossing those lines is what's the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Shit happens, and of course there's exceptions to every rule, but if you've been with this person for eight fucking years and they're just figuring their shit out, what took so long? Like, 
And they didn't cite anything like, oh, we've been in school or we've been living on different continents. So I'm assuming these last eight years they've either been closely cohabitating or living really yeah, close to one another. If she's just shy of 33, does it say how old he is? I'm assuming similar age. Because yeah, if they've been together for eight years, that puts them together at 25. At 25. Right. Um, so unless they're both in grad school. Or, you know, Even still, that's that's pretty late in the game to have school as an excuse. It's pretty late in the game, and this chick already has fertility issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I think she's. It sounds like she's settling. It does, and this is why I would think she's settling. She's settling because she she even she explained why she she's settling. Yeah, she they, thinks there's more out there. Yeah, and they bro- they even broke up for for how long? So yeah, bro- they broke up for a year, and they've been back together for about six months. Yeah. So oh, so they. My were. guess is that she broke up is probably thirty one, thirty two at the time. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Didn't like the dating world and went back to old. Faith. Took him back because what happened was I guarantee it. I, I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna hypothesize here because this she is what probably scared off every date she had because she said I'm ready to get married and have a kid. No, I bet that he was done. Like he either he broke up with her in order to date someone else, mm-hmm. or there was cheating involved. One of those two reasons is likely involved. Even if he didn't cheat when they were that, together, that's what, the, the, her story and the way that the way that the way she says act, it. That's what it smells. That's what like that's just what it smells like. To so me. then he broke up with her, banged whoever else, and then decided it was way easier to be in a relationship where he could leave it late on a regular basis and have someone cook his dinner. You know, and he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. He, he doesn't he have to do anything he doesn't want to do. Yeah, and that's that's why that's one of the things I highlighted on this is oh, that yeah. is that you know. She says in this that he doesn't, you know, um, okay, I love him, enjoy his company, and I've spent years with him. He doesn't mistreat me, but he is an affectionate or compassionate. And then this person goes, says, you know, he does, by the way, mistreat you. He not does. doing these things. Just because he doesn't beat you or speak down to you doesn't mean he's not mistreating you. Yeah, there's all you. sorts of, you know, ways that you can abuse somebody. And, you know, especially if she's doing that other stuff for him, mm-hmm. and like seeing his family and seeing his friends, that's... Even if you don't want to label it abuse, that's that's not ideal. For that's me. emotional even, even, abuse. Yeah, even I know that much. Relationships can be partnerships. Uh-huh. You know, there are certain relationships I know where where one person is dominant over the other, but the per, the when those work, the other person is super okay with being subservient to the mm-hmm. to the alpha. That is not how our relationship works, Jared and I, for right. example. We are a partnership relationship, but not just us. Our parents both have partnership relationships. Mm-hmm. There are certain areas of our parents where one parent might be dominant over the other, like this person might cheat in charge of the finances, or this one makes big house decisions. But for the most part, any big decision is a discussion. And so if that's the type of relationship you want, go for it. And you have to, like, there's, it's hard to be older and dating. And, you know, I know I talk a lot about, like, I get to sit here on my green grass, but at the same time, it is hard once you hit the 30 age, especially if you want to get married and have kids, and to continue to waste your time on someone that you are you should be able to go, do I want to be with this person? Yeah, you're well, these things are kind of a problem. Then you go, you know what, though? They don't bother me. That's a yes. If you go, I think they bother me, they bother you. You're, you're halfway to resentment already. Already. And the stress of the wedding, if they're not already cohabitating, the stress of moving in together it's and all just, that yeah. is going to cause a bad situation real quick yeah yeah and you know what you have to too you have to decide do you want to settle some people 
that's okay. What's more important to you? You have to sit down, take some time, think through your priorities. Right. What do I want out of life? If you want to get married and have babies and this person's willing to begin doing that right away, if that's more important to you than being with someone that's the love of your life, that's fine. But then you have to you have to live with that decision. To me, to me, the answer, so the question in this, and coming from a guy's perspective, because I want to always answer and fix everything and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know solve the problem. Because yeah, I don't have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the question of this is, so when is it settling? Now. Now. You, you're settling. When, so she settled four you, years ago. When you got back saying. together. Yeah. Right. Is when it was settled. Right. Yeah. So, so the real question is, are you okay with the fact of accepting that you're settling? And if not... You need to bail. You know, I think, and for future relationships down the road, too, for this person, as they start to get out in that dating field, you need to, before you begin dating again, sit down and decide what your priorities are. Now, you can't be, I want baby, 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 because that's the bad thing to do, but, you know, be on Front Street. In this day and age where we're digital, you have that opportunity to be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I want... To, within the next five years, I'd like to be in a relationship, or, or you know, th- the next three years, I'd like to be in a relationship that's leading towards marriage and family. Right. It's not saying yeah. you want to get married and have babies tomorrow, but if you give someone a time frame, they can then think about that and decide whether that's the case. But if you go out on date one and someone goes, I don't want to have kids, you need to trust that and stop wasting your time. I don't yeah. care if you're out with fucking Brad Pitt. Yeah. If you know you want kids and the guy sitting across from you or the girl sitting across from you doesn't agree with that... It's time to be like, it was lovely having yeah. dinner with you. And, you know, that doesn't make them an asshole or no. a bitch or anything like Nor that. Nor does that make is, you I picky. Think, exactly. That's the thing that I think people get caught up with on this is uh, a subgroup of the Rock Boat is the Rock Boat Singles page, where oh. people who aren't traveling with somebody can know people. And lately it's just degenerated into a Tinder slamming fest where it's just like, look at this guy who hit on me today and what a fucking... Stroke, and it's like, you know, there's in most cases, I'm sure there's spam profiles out there, but in most cases, there's living, breathing people behind these avatars of the dating world. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want, you know, what the other person has, it's okay to say, No, I don't know where all this hostility comes from. Like, obviously, if you're looking to hook up on the first date and someone's not cool with that. It doesn't make them a fucking weirdo or a prude. And if somebody does, it doesn't make them a slut. We're, that's our thing on our show is let your flag fly, but hoist it up high. Because if you misrepresent yourself, you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great way to put it. Don't misrepresent yourself. Be on Front Street about what you want. Yeah. And there's, you know what, if you want someone that's 6'2", muscled with blonde hair and blue eyes, that's being picky. If you want someone that's willing to to, have, to be able to compromise, that you can go see both sides of the family and that you'd like mm-hmm. to have kids with, and that's on your list, that's not unreasonable expectations. To no. be treated as a human being is not an unreasonable expectation. Unreasonable expectations is if you expect to be waited on hand. And that's the other thing, like about you know? this one that really that, that really bothers me because, like, she, you know, do I have? She says, do I have unreasonable expectations? Blah blah. blah. She's no. not saying anything physically. This is all like. What she's no. saying she wants is an emotionally stable relationship, <laughs> yeah. and this guy is not giving it to her, which I just think, you know, the, the whole thing in general to me, and the way that, y- you know, I'm, you know, coming from a white privilege type thing you talked about earlier, where I have a very healthy marriage, and I'm lucky to where, like, I get to look at other people's things, and I can mm-hmm. not 
not judge by any sense, but I get to personally critique it in my own head. Yeah, and it's can, like there's nothing wrong with observing and having your opinion on right. it. What is wrong is enforcing that opinion on somebody exactly. else. Exactly. So what's right for you isn't right for me. Exactly. Well, for sure. And you know, sitting it's hard to have conversations out there with people. It's hard to sit down because everyone's afraid of being judged and that's understandable. And it's, and it's the ultimate resume pitch. It I is. Mean, just in my own limited experience with the online dating world, like even now when I'm just looking for people to hang out with, like I'm in no position emotionally or financially to be in a relationship. And I know that. But at the same time, I love my circle of friends to death, but I don't like being the oddball anymore. Uh-huh. So I'm looking for new circles of friends. Right. And some people don't get that. They're like, you know, why are you on this site if you're not looking for something serious? I'm just looking for someone. I'm not opposed to something developing. Right. Mm-hmm. But it ain't on the radar right now. Right. So if that's not cool with you, then we don't have to talk. But right. if you go out of your way to tell me to fuck off, what's it's the point? like, really? What's what's going on in your life that you got to put right. that out there? Exactly. And man. it's a weird, weird place to be single right now. Like... There's just so much out there, and it's strange. Like, there's all types of people, and everybody's looking for something, and it's like, if you don't fit that exactly, like, you're you're so terrible for wasting their time, like, you wasted my time. It was a fucking coffee. Really? Well, and that's actually... (laughs) Oh, your time's that important? That's the attitude that's the problem. What people need to be, and again, this is, sorry, I've spent way too much time at psychology and sociology discussions lately, but people need to be going out for more coffee. Mm -hmm. They need to be going out for more coffee because then you will, if you have, you you see someone's profile and they 60% match things that you're interested in or how you think or whatever, let's say, you know, of of the 10 things they have listed, six of them you can agree with. You should go have coffee with that person and then make a decision on whether or not you'd like to go have dinner with them. And, you know, that's not a waste of time. The only way you're going to meet people is by meeting people. You can't go out on one date and say there's nothing on match for you. And that's, that's the plus and minuses to the online dating, too, is because we can see everyone's picture we then make snap decisions on on it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, we still live in that society where it, it shuts people down. Oh, absolutely. Um, based on, on looks when, unfortunately, you know what? Not unfortunately, but actually, had you met that person, like at a bar, you probably wouldn't have not spoken to them. You would have been like, at, at le- the least, you would have been polite. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think we need to get back to that, like, oh, this person is... You know, they look decent enough. Like, I understand if someone's completely insane or not, completely not your type. That's one a thing. A bucket of yuck. A bucket of yuck. If they happen, <laughs> they exist. But, you know, go out, have coffee, decide then whether or not they've got some things. You know, have your list of, like, what are you really looking for? Someone that's compassionate, someone that's kind, that can have a discussion. Those are things to look for. The fact that they don't like Doctor Who is not the reason to disqualify someone. And it's just... Um... Like, I'm not a big believer in first impressions. Mm-hmm. So, like, anything that, any, anything that I initiate, I'm looking for at least a quick meeting to just make sure you're not a murderer, and then, like, dinner, and then decide, or, you know, movie or whatever it is your, your interests are, you know, go to the bookstore or whatever it is you want to do together. 
But yeah, it's like so many people are, are looking for that, that, that flash. And maybe it's because I've never had that, that spark or hit it off like that, that I don't know what that feels like to just be automatically dismissed if they're, if it's not there immediately. Love right. at first sight isn't really a thing. It can be for some people, mm-hmm. but, you know, or I think you can have attraction at first sight, but to fall head over heels with, you know, like I think back to when I first saw Jared walk through the door, which I do remember, I don't go, oh, that's the guy I'm going to marry. Are you kidding oh, you me? You look at it and go, I'd hit that. <laughs> it's just probably what happened. It's, it's, I'd it's hit that happened. at first sight. That's all I'd that is. I'd hit that at first sight. Or this even person like, is attractive enough to where I may consider whether or not I will bang them on the first date when I normally don't bang people on the first and date. Then you get to that's point, all it is. That's all it is. And eventually then you get to the point of like, oh, this person knocked me up. I wouldn't hate them. And then you <laughs> and then you move on from there. But, <laughs> hey. Or I should get knocked up and get my hooks in them. Also a bad idea. But either way, you know, people just, you know, we need to start being more respectful of other people's human beings. This goes back to our conversation of earlier of, like, can't we just treat people like humans? Treat people the way you want to be treated. So if someone puts themselves out there, goes, hey, would you like to go for coffee? If you're not interested, the polite thing would be like, I appreciate the offer. No, thank you. Yeah. It's not that hard. Like... And, you know, you guys know that I, I, I hate the ghosting and I hate the blow-off. Ghosting like, is bullshit, people. Say no thank you. Yeah. And people like goddamn it. You know what, Dave? This is a long time. Let him finish what he's saying. Sorry, go ahead. And then I'll... Oh, no, that, that was, no, that was the, the, the gist of it. <laughs> oh, I, have, okay. I have never not replied when someone has taken the time to contact me first. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like... I, I don't like the, hey... Oh, I hate those. Hi. How was your day? Kind of the stuff like... When I when I fill out like like a profile or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm pretty specific and and pretty broad. Like you can start a conversation with me on music or books or movies or you know just anything you know photography or sports or whatever you want to do to just be like, hey. But at the same time, that's also like that's going out on a limb to some people. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can never be like. Not going to yeah. reply to that. They, they, didn't, they didn't open up with a line asking me about blah, blah, blah. They didn't read my whole profile. I actually give advice last week, two things, and then I'll get off this this, this topic for you. But I Why? gave advice this to... This is kind of how we're going to end the oh. show, so take your time. I gave advice to somebody last week saying, fill out your profile to the extent that you want to, but make sure that the gist of it is in that first paragraph so that someone doesn't have to read your whole profile to get an idea of who you are and what you want. That first paragraph needs to be like, I'm so-and-so, this is kind of what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. this is kind of my top interest, because that's all they're going to probably read at first glance. I hate hipsters and tiny houses are stupid. See? (laughs) I like tiny houses. See, but but then those little That's things. why you and I can't date. And then I would uh, I would like to reenact. Well, you can't and I, have kids either, so yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, we talked about it, I think, like way at the beginning of the show, not this one, but of like my show or your show. Can we please reinstate the no thank you rule? I think as as humans and adults, especially those out there in the dating world, we need to band together as a society and introduce the no thank you rule. If you are not interested. Your response is, no, thank you. And the other person has to be like, okay, done. The only time you can ask for feedback is if you were willing to accept the feedback that you're not, that that you might not like. Because if you ask why I'm not interested, and I I tell you, you suck it up. I saw great, it was probably a meme on there. Like, it's like when a man says no, it's the end of a discussion. When a woman says no, it's the beginning of a negotiation. (laughs) that, That ain't cool. Right. 
Yeah. So, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta realize that it ain't baseball. Yeah. And three out of ten is a lot better than you're gonna do. Uh huh. Like you're gonna go. You're gonna have a lot of offers before you get on base. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you might not get to second base. And then you certainly might not score. And that's when you just go home and have a catch. <laughs> Can I use one more example out there that just kind of hit my brain? Sure. So, I, I, I've i met the love of my life, and we've been married now for a few years. Who is he? I'll kill him. <laughs> been married for a few for years. How many, how many, mar- years. Yeah. How, how many marriages have you been in, Jerry Sampson? One. Um, how many people have you met in the last 15 years that you want to be married to? One. You, you've met somebody else, or are you talking to me? I met you in the last talking. 15 years. Okay, fair enough. Just checking. Okay, so of all the people, Got on that one. of all of the people that you've interacted with, uh huh, you've only met one person that you married, and that's the person you married. Statistically, you think about all the people we marry. So we just got lucky in our roll of the dice that we met that person earlier mm-hmm. on in this realm of meeting people. And not everyone's going to meet them at twenty-one. Some people are going to meet that person later on. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure the counter argument to that is because we're married, we're not looking. Mm-hmm. But if there was this huge spark, this huge hit, you, this is the person I'm meant to be with, then had we picked wrong, or you know, that would happen regardless of the fact we were married. But does that make sense? So either way, like, I have no idea where you're going. With okay, this. my my <laughs> at all. Sorry, where I was going Tell was. No, where I was going with it was, of of all the people we meet in our life, even though we're married, we're not meeting people every other day that we'd want to be married to, because we're not compatible with everybody we meet. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it's not their fault, it's not our fault, it's just, there's only going to be so many people, there, there's lots of people out there, you're going to find someone compatible with you at some point, uh, but at the same time, it's not always that easy, I guess is what I was trying to say. It's not so super right. simple that you can just go out there and the light switch is going to pop on and you're going to know right away. It's, uh-huh. you know, it's a little harder than that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think people, I talked in circles, but you it's know, okay. It's late. People, you know, everybody's different and what everybody needs and wants emotionally and physically is different. And you just, I don't know, you just got to roll with it. I mean, so I, I just don't want people to feel that they're settling. I mean, it, the only time you're settling is when you comp is when you compromise your core values. That's when you're settling. Yeah. Everybody has core values, things that they mm-hmm. need to be, you know, that they feel to be true and factual to themselves. And needing and having an emotionally stable relationship should be something everybody can have. Now, your quirkiness about what you find emotionally stable can be Very. there, but don't you know? It's 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 really kind of like to mm-hmm. thine own self be true, right? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Don't compromise on your core beliefs, but, you know, there are certain things that you may want to look at dealing with and tolerating to see if something's going to go somewhere, but don't don't compromise yourself, because that's settling. Well, and you know, you might never know what you're interested in, or what you might enjoy, if you don't try some of these things, like going Ain't out. Ain't <laughs> um, but going out there, like... Maybe you don't think you're into sci-fi movies. Well, maybe if you go out with someone that is into sci-fi movies and you go out to a couple, you might find that you do enjoy That's them. what I'm talking about. You know, you know that's the stuff to compromise on, you know, whether or not, you know, 
and even things like religion and stuff can be a little more, more flexible depending on people's level of, of this or you know just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean you can't date a Republican just because you're right. a Cubs fan doesn't mean you can't date a White Sox fan so those things are a little bit more flexible but the core beliefs of who you are you want to be in a relationship where it's 50-50 you want to be you want someone to order you around or you want someone to um, or if you want to order someone around you know right. vice versa that's fine too, but you just you have to find the type of person that you want. That stuff's the right. stuff you don't need to compromise on. Right. Yep. That's about all I have to say about that. I could talk on circles for hours. <laughs> so. Okay, I've seen you do it. <laughs> me too. I know I've seen me do it. That's what I mean. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I I was going to do a Florida story, but I mean, we're kind of running along as it is. I we think hit Florida all, earlier. I, mean, I, I figured if I figured doing <laughs> ask my bless you. Thanks. I also figured doing the Ask Mom McClair thing to show my run long, so I figured I'd get the Florida story in early Smart. with the target just in case. So that's about all I've got for the podcast. Steve, have you got anything? Uh, no, just uh, thank you for your continued support. Be sure and listen to all the other great shows on the Disease Network, including You're Gonna Get a Disease, the flagship. Starring Luke, Nick, and Jonah. Uh, um, That just happened, our Alien Day counterparts with uh, <laughs> Rodney and Adam. Mama Claire. And the Vag Dialogues, featuring me. And then all of the one-off shows on the your, on the Disease Network, such as The Drunks, uh, the movie episodes we have coming out. I'm sure we're going to have crosstalk when it comes time for Civil War. Um, there's been talks of a couple other shows maybe popping up on the network. So, you know, always keep your eyes open for new content, because uh, it's coming up quite mm-hmm. frequently. Um, and again, thanks for listening. So, this is Jared Sampson. I'm Steve Barta. I'm Mama Claire. And Steve, why don't you take us out? Uh, Just remember that uh, alligators are going to alligate, haters are going to hate, and traders are going to trade. This has been something big. Good night, everybody.